Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, your broham, Jerry, the fitness general, Washington. <laughs> yeah, playa. So, yeah, we are here in GFC, General Fitness Company, in Bella Kenwood, Pennsylvania. And uh, we're recording episode numero cinco, number five for our non-Spanish-speaking crowd. Just probably everybody. <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, we're here on episode five. Um, I really appreciate you listening. Uh, I've gotten some feedback, believe it or not. Yeah, I got some feedback on episodes one through four. Had some people uh, approach me on the streets, say, "Hey, Jerry, you know, good job." Random people saying, "Hey, aren't you guy on the podcast?" No, I'm playing. Nobody's approached me. <laughs> Nobody I don't know has approached me, but I've had some friends listen to it, and they've said, hey, you know what, it's a pretty good deal. You know how friends are. They're always going to be like, hey, good deal, unless they're, you know, unless it's terrible, then they'll be like, you know, dog, that kind of sucks. <laughs> so anyways, um, one thing, though, a lot of my friends were asking, and some people that are not, uh, that are not quite so close to me, have uh, been asking me about where uh, how I got to where I am. Now, like, I kind of addressed that a little bit in episode four with my, um, with my co-host, unfortunately, who's uh, not going to be on this, on this episode. But stay tuned; he'll probably be on uh, episode six. But um, yeah, we discussed that a little bit with uh, the foundation and ballet. But um, there's obviously a lot more to um, to uh, to Jerry Washington than uh, just ballet, of course. Like I said, I only did it for one semester, and I've been do- I've been uh, a fitness trainer for over a decade. So you can imagine I probably learned a little bit through. Uh, experience as well through uh, with uh, with personal training but before I was actually a personal trainer uh, something that you may or may not know depending on how close you are to me um, I used to be a um, counselor in a middle school not necessarily a middle school counselor I don't want to get it confused I wasn't like I didn't have the master's degree or whatnot in counseling so I didn't I wasn't a middle school counselor but what I was was um, I was uh, a part of this program called the School-Based Behavioral Health Program, and I won't bore you too much with the details and whatnot, but essentially it was a program that had um, a mental health facility located within a middle school. It was, a, it was like, a, what do they call those, a prototype program that they had in Philadelphia for about three years to see if it would work um, nationally. And um, it did work, but then again, it didn't. The fortunate thing is that um, <clears throat> having that structure set up for the uh, for these um, for these young people uh, was something that was very beneficial for them, and it helped them set up a framework and it helped them see um, something outside of uh, what they normally see as uh, uh, a way to um, to go. Uh, um, but the unfortunate thing is that um, even though we help these young these young kids out. In setting up, uh, setting them up with you know changing their behavior, setting up a, a nice framework so they can you know follow that and get to um, a higher level, higher level of success. Um, unfortunate thing is that when you have any kind of program that's run by the government, um, you have to have you have to have some data that they like. Now, of course, we had data. That showed, you know, these kids were doing less uh, in terms, you know, in terms of class disruptions and getting in trouble outside of school. But the unfortunate thing is that um, a lot of times when you try to put uh, numbers or you try to quantify happiness and success, you run into um, a few issues. You just it's, it's hard to quantify it. You know, you can say you can say you're happy on a scale of one to ten, but other than that, it's, it's kind of hard to quantify what exactly is happiness. 
Um, so that kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, today I wanted to go over um, something that I've been talking about in uh, my daily emails. Now, if you're not subscribed to my daily emails, um, I think the best way to do that would be to check out my website, generalfitnesscompany.com, and um, I'm sure you can figure it out some some way. <laughs> Actually, don't even worry about it. Um, <laughs> I'll figure out some way to get you on there. But anyways, um, wh- what I've been talking about with my client with my clients and potential clients were ten general life tips, a way to kind of quantify how to live the good life. So I want you to stay tuned because we're gonna head right into that in just a moment. All right, thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Episode 5 is up next. Yeah, so here we are. Episode 5. So, what are we talking about today? Today we will be talking about 10 general life tips and uh, what you can do are these 10 tips will help you. What will they help you do? Well, they'll first of all help you live the good life. They'll help you live a more fulfilled life. You won't, you'll be uh, less concerned with other pe- what, what other people think and you'll be uh, more effective in what you're doing. So um, it's always good to be con- effective, right? Especially when you're not worried about or concerned about what other people are thinking. Um, this is this is kind of along the lines of that, but also I have some uh, some uh, some practical life life tips in there as well. So um, without further ado, here we go. Tip numero uno, number one: Don't try to be better; just be different. So um, let's talk about this. So a lot of people try to be better. You know, like everybody talks about, I want to be better than so-and-so, or uh, I want to be like so-and-so. You know, I remember like back in the early 90s, they had those Michael Jordan commercials like, I want to be like Mike. Remember? Be like Mike, like Mike, if I could be like Mike. Anyway, so yeah, everybody wants to be legendary, but if you look at the legends, if you look at every single one of those people from Picasso to Michael Jordan to um, Oprah, Elon Musk... <laughs> maybe even Kim Kardashian. All those people, every single one of those people were not better. Elon Musk is not better than anybody else. Oprah's not better than anybody else. Kim Kardashian is definitely not better than anybody else. But then why are they legendary? Why do we look to Picasso as one of the greatest painters of all time? But yet he really wasn't. You know, you look at his stuff and <laughs> you look at his stuff and you be like, you know, I really think that like, you know, maybe I, I have a couple of friends that, you know, could, could do a little better than that. But this is what made Picasso, Elon Musk, Oprah and uh, all those other people better than everyone else. I shouldn't say better, but legendary. Um, and it was one thing. It was because they chose to be different. You see, Oprah... Let's start with Oprah. Let's think about Oprah. Like, Oprah was not necessarily um, a big-time star. She was, I think, a, a, like a T, 
TV news anchor or something like that. And it just didn't work out for her. She would have ended up, you know, I think she was asked to step down for some reason. And I think it's just like she would probably, if she had continued going along her original path, she probably would have just been a newscaster. And we would have never heard of Oprah. Oprah Winfrey, she would have just been a Chicago newscaster, and we wouldn't have heard, known her from, you know, Dr. Phil, but, um, who consequently probably wouldn't have been heard from either, <laughs> uh, but, you know, she decided to do something different, she created her own program, she was one of the first people to create their own program that, um, was based on her own topic, so it was like she was a newscaster, but it was on something that she wanted to talk about it was like almost like the first reality television and then obviously kim kardashian stepped that up to another notch <laughs> with her sex tape we won't go about we won't go into that but she went in a little bit further and um actually made a show based on her life which has never been heard of before so these two people oprah and oprah winfrey and kim kardashian they became legendary, not because they were better than everybody else, or, you know, they had better shows than everybody else, but it's just because it was something different. So, uh, even think about, like, uh, going back to uh, Pablo Picasso. See, he was great, you know, he was a decent painter or whatnot, but he didn't, like, he wasn't known because of his landscape painting, you know. Nobody thinks about Picasso and his, like, you know, beautiful paintings of the, the Spanish landscape. They think about, you know, the blue period and the cubism and all those other, um, you know, all those other um, nuances and um, styles of painting that he came up with, you know, because he was the first one to do it, he became legendary. So the first thing that you what you have to um, consider is that if you're trying to live the good life, it's not really about it's not really about um, being better, but being surreal. I mean, being real. <laughs> so that's number one. On to number two. Yeah, so um, so number two. Rule number two. Uh, know thyself. <laughs> so um, it's so important to know yourself, not only from a physical standpoint, but also from a mental standpoint. You know, it's great to know, like, what your body type is, endomorph, ectomorph, or mesomorph. But it's also know, it's also important to know, like... Um, how you think and what your tendencies are in, 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 um, like in your decision making. So like some people may be more conservative, some people may be uh, more like of a risk taker. And you know those are things that are, those are general ways to know who you are or whatnot. But some other ways to think about who you are are like you know taking the, um, uh, the Myers-Briggs test. That's one thing I think recently that's been... Um, I, can't, I wouldn't want to say debunked, but it's definitely, um, it's, it's taken some flack lately into being not as accurate as we once thought as uh, in uh, predicting one's personality, but I still think that it has its uh, value. But there's another one, uh, another test that you could take online, it's called the, um, uh, it's called the Hexaco test. Uh, you can get a Hexaco score, and that actually shows you, um, uh, a Hexaco test actually shows your level of, um, uh, deviance, so yeah, yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, like, like how how um, crazy you are, <laughs> so to speak. I don't want to say that, not how crazy you are, but what your actual inventory, your your what your personality is in relation to um, uh, yeah, psychopathy. 
I think I, I think that would be probably the best way to um, explain it. Uh, I think the best way to really fi- find that out though is to go to hexaco.org. That's H-E-X-A-C-O dot org. Uh, I think that's a really important test. That's actually one of those uh, tests that I found that um, really is a good predictor of what people are thinking and uh, what they would normally, uh, what their propensity would be into in um, your normal everyday situations. And I found a little bit more about myself in terms of like... Um, how 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 narcissistic I am, and <laughs> I'm not that narcissistic on the scale. I'm like I think I was like a little bit narcissistic. It, it was still within the like the median range or whatnot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, taking tests like you know personality tests are really important. Obviously, you know, kind of uh, finding out what is um, good for you in terms of foods. You know, you don't want to walk around not not knowing you're allergic to, to to foods and eating them, and finding out that you you know that you you could be, you know, at the very at the very minimum, um, ten pounds less because you're not eating bread, or at the very maximum, uh, or the very most most severe, um, you could be uh, less uh, you could be uh, not dead because you ate something you're allergic to. I can't think of anything else other than that scenario, but yeah. Uh, So yeah, I would say number two, even though I don't have much to talk about it other than, you know, take a personality test and know your body type, I think it's very important because there's a lot of people that just have no idea how they function on a day-to-day basis. And um, if you had even uh, just just a little bit of an idea, I think uh, a lot of people in this world would have a... um, an easier time in um, making uh, making decisions uh, for the future. So um, let's roll on to general life tip number three. All right, so here we go. Let's keep this party rocking. We are rolling into uh, principal general life tip number three. Uh, so this one's a little tough one because a lot of people feel like the, uh, a lot of people get this wrong. You know, a lot of people, you know, they go to school and they work hard. And they, um, even my grandmother, um, she was kind of ascribed a, a to this particular philosophy or you know, contrary to my this particular philosophy. So the thing is that um, a lot of people believe that if you just work like, you know, 15, 16 hours a day, that, you know, you're automatically guaranteed success. You know, you work hard, you know, you, know, you run through walls and all that stuff. Team no sleep, hashtag team no sleep. All that stuff, yeah, people say that um, if you work super hard that you should be able to get whatever you want, but that's not, <clears throat> I would have you consider that's not even, it's not even close to the case. See, the thing is that what really gets people what they, what they want in life is not, but, you know, not working 16 hours a day and uh, suffering to get what they want, you know, it's just, that's just not how it works. And I, I really want to reiterate this, this point that you can absolutely not suffer your way to success, happiness, fulfillment, whatever you want to call that. You just cannot do that. There's no way that you can endure, endure suffering and on the other end um, <clears throat> get, get fulfillment in your life. Now, you, there, <clears throat> there are some philosophies or whatnot where you can kind of ignore um, uh, discomfort or whatnot, but um, that's not the same as suffering. Suffering is actually your emotions and how you feel about something, and you're <clears throat> emotionally, uh, you know, not 
not going at it in the same way as uh, something that you that you love. Say like, you know, obviously if you're working um, 16 hours on something that you love as opposed to 16 hours that you absolutely hate, you can imagine that you're probably going to get to what you want in terms of success, fulfillment, and happiness a lot sooner than you would uh, if you were suffering your way to happiness. And, and in fact, I'd mentioned my grandma earlier, and that's because that um, she wasn't, she's an immigrant, or she was an immigrant, unfortunately she passed, um, Earlier on this, uh, early, excuse me, uh, early last year, or the summer of last year, and um, she used to work 16-hour days pretty much until her, until she retired. <clears throat> if probably not, if probably till not after, uh, probably, and I think she retired like you know technically not at that retirement age. She was kind of closer to like 70 when she retired. So can you, you can imagine, you know, working 16-hour days. And um, doing what you know, and uh, you would think that you would make quite a bit of money. But the thing is that, like, when you're working 16 hour days, even though my grandmother was, like, you know, a deaconess in a church and she was really good with her money, she just could not find, like, the happiness because uh, she couldn't find the happiness, she couldn't find the fulfillment, and she didn't really have success. Even though she made a decent amount of money, a lot of that money was actually dedicated or um, she you know, was uh, siphoned off to things that would bring her joy. So, the thing is that if you make a if you make a decent amount of money and you're suffering, you're gonna it's gonna be like having a uh, going you know go going gold pan uh, panhandling uh, for gold with a with a um, with a hole in your bucket because um, you're gonna always on the back end end up spending um, a lot of money just to get to your to that homeostasis of of success, or I think in this case it would be better to say to get that to get that feeling of happiness and fulfillment, even though you are making money. So um, <clears throat> the best way to get around that, you know, um, to not have uh, to not be suffering, is to I think I mentioned this before, but to meditate. You know, that's good to get in touch with who you are and get in touch with what motivates you and so that um, you're not constantly doing the same thing that's uh, just for money. Also, another thing to do is to set up a real game plan. You know, just think about what you really want in life and what um, interests you and um, uh, do something called um, reverse engineer uh, what you want and kind of work backwards and um, just take it step by step, day by day and uh, achieve your goals. So there you go. So that's a uh, general life tip number three, and we're going to move right on to number four, and that's be present. So yeah, so into uh, so in the number four, like I said, being present. Um, oh, that's that's kind of a thing that that's it's a it's a fad right now. I, I don't I, I guess I shouldn't say it's a fad because it's it's becoming more of a a trend, and I think it's going to be something that we all start to turn towards. Um, in our everyday lives, you know, mindfulness, um, the practice of being present, and um, just appreciation for life. That's just something that um, people are now becoming uh, more and more aware of. And um, I, I just want to talk to you real quick about this um, uh, uh, for uh, for um, for practical purposes. So, like. Um, so presence, as I said, it's the you know it's kind of the appreciation. In in essence, it's the, it's 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 the appreciation of life. So, you know, as you get older, you know, as we start adulting and paying bills and working on this, that, and the other thing, it does become a little bit more difficult to um, 
keep that level of pre presence in your life. You know, you're thinking probably like, how do I get through this day, or how do I get through this uh, get through this meeting, or how do I get through get through this uh, these these next few weeks or next few months until my next vacation. And you know, I get it. You know, it's hard to it's it's easy to lose sight of like what's going on, what what's uh, can make you happy and fulfilled and uh, present to the current uh, to the current moment. And um, it's, you know, it's a lot easier to um, feel that um, y that everything is kind of out of your control and you're just trying to, like, work with it. But um, it's really easy to, to, be, to be present. You know, it, it, a lot of people think it's, like, super hard. Um, same thing with meditation. But it, it, it's really easy. Um, and to do that, to get present... To be present, excuse me, to get presents is a different thing. You can't get present. Getting presents is like what you get on your birthday and stuff. Yeah, yeah because being present is more of an essence of your of your um, of your uh, of your own presence. So um, yeah, you can't get present. You just become present. It becomes a part of you. So uh, like I said, um, the easiest way, or uh, I, I'd say the the um, the shortcut to becoming present is to have appreciation for where you are in life and um, just sit quietly and appreciate the fact that you're alive you know um, I think it's been said that we have that you have um, the chances of you being a human being on this earth are actually something like 400 trillion to one and I think that's the same thing as saying um, you have less of a chance of being born a human being on this world, on this earth, than if you were a human, that, than um, if you, you're already a human being, you're already here, and you won the lottery, I think, like, every day, uh, every day for, like, five years straight or something like that. I think it's, like, you have more of a chance of winning the lottery every day for five years straight than being a human being on this earth. So that's something that you can really appreciate that. I really appreciate because there's not many people that have won the lottery more than, like, one or two times. So imagine winning the lottery five years straight and you still are not even close to um, the probability of you being a human being on this earth. So having that appreciation and just, you know, really, you know, having that love and gratitude for the earth, uh, you know, for being on this earth and hearing, hearing, you know, water run and hearing the wind in the, in, in the trees, it's, that goes a long way to your happiness. Because the thing, the thing is that a lot of people, when they're talking about, um, you know, what makes them happy and fulfilled, uh, they think about money or promotions or toys. But the thing is that the most important thing to all of us, no matter who you are, is feeling good. And... It doesn't matter what you do to get there. Well, it does, obviously. If it's something that's not healthy, then it's something that you probably want to reconsider. But if it's something that's just, like I said, taking a deep breath and realizing that you know, that we are all one and all that good, all that good um, frou frou stuff or whatnot. I don't want to say it's frou frou because it's it's got some legitimacy. Having gratitude is, I think, the essence to being present. So that's that's rule number four. I probably could probably expand on that a little bit. We're going to roll right into um, general fitness tip number five. Halfway. Let's go. 
So yeah, here we go. Number five, we're at that halfway point, and how appropriate is this next, uh, this next general tip? Keep doing. Yes, keep doing. That is so important because, um, you know, a lot of people were perfectionists. You know, that's that's kind of. I mean, it's good to be be proud of your work. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely proud. You know, something to be proud of your work. Um, today, unfortunately, I'm not one of those people that's going to be a perfectionist. Um, I'm pretty much just recording this raw audio and just pressing the stop button and then pushing publish. So um, there's no retakes, no reshoots, no you know going back on words. And I think that's important. You know, and the reason why that's important is because a people are you know interested in seeing the raw. Excuse me, not seeing. But um, in th in this case, I actually it'd be a podcast. If people are interested in hearing the raw audio and like just thinking what kind of what listening to what just goes comes straight to your mind. So, um, I mean, I know for people, for certain people that I listen to, I would love to hear like their raw audio and how many takes it took them to <laughs> record something really awesome. Because I'm sure that a lot of those people out there that you see like on TV shows and podcasts and other forms of media, probably, you know, they don't do it on the first take. Except for people, some people like maybe like Gary Vee or something like that. You know, um, I know for a fact that he probably does um, his stuff. But even so, even though he does it with you know, one take, he has people editing his, 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 his stuff. So um, the lesson that we can learn from all that, I guess the, 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 uh, the rundown of what I'm trying to say here is that um, you have to tend to be good at anything. You can't just you know, go into a cave and just dream up what is going to be great for you or dream up greatness. That never happens, you know, like even Aristotle and Socrates, even these guys, they had people around them that they consulted that, um, that helped them formulate their ideas and create that framework for um, their, philo their philosophy that we know today. So um, let me kind of give you a practical, t a practical tip or, um, on how to do this. And how I'm going to give you that practical tip is on, on a story from my, co uh, from my college years. So... Um, Back in the day, I did um, I did you know a couple art classes because uh, if you have if you're just tuning in, I went to a liberal arts school. I talked about it in a couple episodes, um, and you you know liberal arts schools you just don't you, you take different classes. So one of my classes was an art class um, where I, we um, we did certain we did paintings. Uh, it was freestyle painting, you know, some stuff we did tracing, and you know, we would trace stuff and then, you know, paint it out, and some stuff we kind of had to freestyle draw. It was cool, but um, there's an interesting part to, um, to the class. There was one part where the professor graded us on two different, uh, two different things. Now, this is, this is a testament to liberal arts education. It wasn't just about that artwork for us, but... Um, he put these two different groups together. He said one group is going to be a group that just uh, is graded solely on how much they put out, how much um, product or how many, how, uh, what the production they can do, how much volume they can put out. And the other group was, ba was graded based on how good um, their, um, their production was, how good their, um, their paintings were. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. Because I bet you would guess, most people probably guess that the, the group that, would, that won was the one that took their time and thought out the pieces and um, created like these great pieces. The unfortunate thing is that um, the people that really 
um, got the better grade, so to speak, uh, were the ones that just kept putting out piece after piece after piece after piece every day. It's kind of funny, because, but if you think about it, it was practice, and it was practice in completing something. See, like, if you were thinking that, like, I'm going to just think it out and try to plan it out and then, like, work it bit by bit by bit, you're going to continue working bit by bit by bit because you don't have a game plan in, in, in place into actually completing something. But if you get in the habit of completing something, even if it's not the best thing in the world, you get in the habit of practicing telling your brain that it's okay to keep, cre keep creating even though something is not perfect. So, like, you, you get in the habit of, like, saying, all right, I'm done with this, on to the next thing, and I'll just get better with the next thing. So, rule number four, tip number four, keep doing, always. So, rule number five is to just keep doing. All right, so here we go, number six, yep, principle number six. Now, this one's pretty easy. It's going to be short and quick, short and sweet. You know, I was thinking about Oprah the other day. She was, uh, had that, that great speech at the, the, I think that was the Golden Globes. Um, and she was talking about, you know, where everybody is, uh, you know, where we are in Hollywood and where, you know, where we are in terms of women's equality and uh, how we feel about <clears throat> where we're going from here. And I, I think about it and I'm like, you know what? Oprah is absolutely a wonderful, wonderful person. But we would have never heard from her if she didn't take her time to become who she is right now. Like, obviously, back in the day when we, you know, when Oprah was on, like, The Color Purple and, uh, and she was, like, you know, just starting off as a, a news broadcaster in Chicago, we probably never thought that, you know, we'd be talking about Oprah for president in 2020. But here we are now after, um, you know, 30, uh, 30 almost 40 years of Oprah doing her thing in the spotlight, and um, here she is now, being amazing. And that's number that's principle number six. Now, the way to be amazing, or the uh, the practical way, to, the practical tip that I want to lend to you today for um, being amazing is to first accept that you aren't amazing. Now, um, let me <laughs> before you guys start, uh, you know, crying and. <laughs> Curling yourself up into a ball, sucking your thumb in a fetal position, and turning this off and saying, I'm never going to listen to Jerry again because he said I'm not amazing. I want you to consider something. Nobody's amazing when they first start off. Michael Jordan was amazing. Oprah wasn't amazing. Dr. Dre wasn't amazing. You can name anybody that you believe is amazing nowadays. Elon Musk isn't, wasn't amazing. You can name anybody that you believe is amazing nowadays, and I will guarantee you that they did not start off that way. These people... They started off as just normal people like you and I, but they accepted the fact that they weren't amazing and um, kind of like lesson number from uh, general tip number five, they just kept doing. They just kept going and they kept believing and they kept trying to do, trying to uh, improve on their, um, improve on what they were and who they were uh, on the, from the day before. So... To be amazing is to not, you know, dwell on your own, you know, on your own suffering or your present condition. It's actually the absolute opposite. It's to understand that where you are is not where you want to be, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be dwelling on that fact that you are not where you want to be. It's to understand that where you are is not amazing and that every day is progress into being amazing. And in that progress, in that 
<clears throat> that realization in itself is the first step into being amazing. And some might even consider that just being amazing in itself. So that's the lesson. That's tip number six. Pretty short and sweet. Be amazing. So on to number seven. We got a, a more of a practical physical tip in terms of exercise, diet, and all that other good stuff that actually has to do with uh, um, your physical aspect or your physical um, well-being. So um, number seven, we're going to go right into that real quick, and that is don't diet. You know, uh, if you diet, <laughs> you're, in a, you're in for a world of hurt. Just give me a second here. We're going to come right back. I'm going to grab a quick sip. Throat's a little funky. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's just feeling a little funky right now. So um, without f I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back with you. All right? Lesson number seven up next. <laughs> there we go. So number seven. Yeah, this is one that gets a lot of people. A lot of people out there are into that quick fix mentality. You know, they want to get out there and lose 10 pounds in a week. They want to get out there and make a million dollars in a day. But, um, you know, number seven is um, it's important. And it's don't diet. And it's really, really important because that's, I feel like that's like pretty much what 90% of what the fitness industry is, is, is preaching to to your average consumer. You have your people with those, those shakes and those pills and those cleanses and stuff. And, um, you know, it's great to have something that you can rely on that's, that's healthy or whatnot. But the only problem is that these shakes and these pills and stuff, most people don't even know what's really in them. You know, you have stuff that's like out there and they say like, oh, you have blah, 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 blah. You have these natural ingredients. But you don't really know exactly what's in it because they don't necessarily have to disclose, you know, these companies don't have to necessarily disclose everything that's in those, uh, those supplements. So, um, it's, 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 it's just, it kind of boggles the mind for me, like how people can say that they care so much about their health and they care about life, but then they turn around and do something that's going to possibly take like 10 years off their lifespan just to get, just to lose 10 pounds so they can look good for their, like, you know, for their uh, uh, anniversary or for, um, uh, for a, um, uh, for an ex or something. I don't know, but people are always looking for reasons to lose weight and they're always doing 90% of the time they're doing it in just like such a jacked up way. It just, it, it, it boggles the mind. So, um, some practical tips instead of dieting, think about what you like, think about where you want to start and where you're going. Obviously if you're dieting, you're trying to lose weight. So, um, um, think about what you're eating. You know, like if you're eating ice cream and pizza and hamburgers every day, um, yeah, it's hard to eliminate that. I understand. Like if you're do been doing this for a while, and it's hard to do that. Um, and it's hard to change. It's hard to go from like burgers and fries to celery and, and, and celery and, and 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 tofu. So let's say instead of just completely eliminating these sodas and ice creams and hamburgers and pizzas and fries. Maybe just think about just decreasing it. Let's start slowly, because like I said, you got a lot of time on your hands, buddy. Let's hope you do. I mean, people out there trying to run this, this, this marathon like it's a sprint, you know? Like I said, people out there trying to lose, you know, gain a, get a million dollars in a, in a month, and um, they don't even know the, 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 the foundation of, uh, of wealth building. So, 
the first thing you do is, like I said, is just to slow down, think about what you're doing, and just consume less. <laughs> Start off by consuming less. How about that? So if you're doing three, four, five sodas a, a week, uh, think about two, three, four sodas a week. You know, if you're doing, uh, if you're doing takeout twice a week, try to cut it down to once. So just shorten down, uh, you know, in, in consuming less junk over time really makes a, a, a huge difference that, that will, you know, that will change your life dramatically in a short amount of time. So another thing to think about is like if you are you know going into that whole um, fitness realm and trying to eat better, uh, you know consider what you're actually eating. So I was just in the grocery store the other day and I saw that there's a there's a low fat yogurt, which is um, it was interesting because I was like, oh low fat yogurt, that's pretty cool. I bet you a lot of people were interested in this because it, it looked like a good flavor. I think it was like um, pomegranate. And I was like, oh that's cool. But I looked at this um, low fat yogurt. And I saw I had 47 grams of sugar. That's crazy. You know, that's actually, the 47 grams of sugar is way worse than, like, having 5, 10 grams of fat. It's ridiculous. So, like, you also have to kind of consider what exactly you're consuming, even if it is um, healthy, quote-unquote healthy. And most importantly, though, you have to consider investing in yourself. No, think about what it is that what it takes to actually be great and it, you, do, you don't just happen it doesn't it doesn't ha go on, happen by happenstance you actually invest time money and energy so think about that you know you have to get in there really think about what you want think about educating yourself and invest that time right, yeah so number seven that was um don't diet so we're on to number eight now and that is stop caring what people think or stop caring what others think now it's kind of like this is kind of nuanced because like you have to care what people think obviously if you're especially if you're like um, trying to live in a society as a uh, as a as a uh, well-adjusted human being <laughs> if you try to live as a well-adjusted human being in society you have to somewhat care about what people think you have to succumb to societal pressure in a way but at the same time, uh, simultaneously, you have to not think, care about what people think and kind of do your own thing. So um, there's this book called, um, I think it's called The Wisdom of Psychopaths or something like that, or The Genius of Psychopaths. But there's something about that that's um, it's kind of interesting. Now, I'm, I'm not, I, I didn't read the book because I wanted to be a psychopath, and I don't encourage you to be a psychopath or emulate a psychopath in any way. Um, but there is a, there is one thing about psychopaths that's actually pretty important to, um, having, um, to your own fulfillment and, uh, and level of happiness. And it's, um, and it's, like I said, it's not caring what people think, but it's not in the way that's like, I'm just going to do whatever I want to, and I'm just going to like, whatever. But, um, <laughs> it's more so like, um, like, uh, well, let's put it this way. So, like, the people that are the most, the people that are, like, recorded as being the, the, like, the most popular psychopaths in the world are obviously, like, you know, axe murderers and, um, and, uh, serial killers. But uh, <clears throat> there's also people like, um, actors. There's a lot of actors that are considered psychopaths, believe it or not. 
saints. There's saints, yeah, like Saint, like Mother Teresa and people like that, considered psychopaths, and also um, CEOs of, of 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 companies. Those are probably the highest um, proportion of psychopaths in our population. Are C CEOs of companies, believe it or not. <clears throat> I'm not even going to go into certain, or certain CEOs of companies that happen to be presidents of our country. But anyways, <laughs> we won't go there. But, um, th but it's like I said, it's important to, for your happiness to not care so much about what people think. So like, think about this. Like, what if you were to stop listening to like, your mom or your friends or that guy down the street that keeps telling you like, how you could be successful? And you just started listening to like, what your inner self said about like your whole um your ambitions and what's most important to you you would probably you probably hear two different you have uh, two completely different um opinions you know like you have people that would tell you you know um you should do this or you should like go out and talk to exes so and so more or you probably should feel this and whatever but at the end of the day like people can't tell you how to how to be a parent people can't tell you how to be happy people can't tell you like how to make how what's the best way for you to make money because most people have no idea like what is important to you or what makes you tick so consider that although most people do have your best interest in mind or not most there are some people that have your best interest in mind. It's impossible for them to be a, and completely accurate into what is the best thing for you just because of the fact that they don't know exactly how you think, how, uh, what your experiences are, and um, what makes you who you are in general. So if you want to be happy, you want to feel fulfilled, stop caring what about what other people think and just do what you do. Okay, so here we go. We're rolling downhill now. We are at general, general tip number nine. And number nine is a pretty simple one. Unfortunately, a lot of people kind of get this a uh, little backwards. Uh, number nine is to be a time crafter. In other words, always make time for yourself. Now, the reason why you, uh, I would say that people get this backwards is a lot of people go out there and they try to think, um, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing, and they run themselves ragged, you know, like, you know, hashtag team no sleep and all that other good stuff, and just um, always doing everything for uh, everybody else and not uh, taking time to rest and um, take care of yourself. And, um, you know, it, it, it makes sense. A lot of people go out there and they say, hey, you know, if I just get this done, get this done, get this done, I have plenty of time to, uh, plenty of time to rest, you know, like, you know, that old adage, you know, sleep, rest when you're dead or whatnot or all the other good stuff, but... Uh, let me explain it this way. Think about like when you're on an airplane, right? And then like they to go over like all those emergency things that you know they have the uh, the seat cushions and all that stuff and the seat belt and all that stuff. And then they get up to the um, the uh, the those oxygen masks that don't inflate. What do they tell you? Do they tell you to like run around the plane and try to help everybody else, everybody get their mask on before you do, or do they tell you to put secure your mask first and then help your neighbor? Yeah, they tell you to secure your mask first. And the reason why they do that is because if you were to go running around trying to help everybody else out before you were ready to like help get, help yourself, you wouldn't give you wouldn't be able to give these people the utmost um you wouldn't be able to get these people the the best help because you'd be so um you wouldn't have you wouldn't be working at 100%, you know, if you're not working, if you don't have oxygen 
<laughs> it's kind of hard to help people out. It's hard to kind of hard to do a lot of things if you don't have oxygen. So what they say, why the reason why they tell you to like, you know, help yourself out first is because like in life, as in with airplanes, uh, airplane emergency landings, um, you need to be at full strength if you're ever kind of trying to uh, accomplish anything great. It's not very often that you can do something at 50% and then still like go and still be uh, happy with with the results. So the best thing is that if you feel like you want to, if, if there's something that you want to achieve in life um, and you feel like you have to be doing it, um, you know, going hardcore, team, hashtag, hashtag team no sleep, and, um, you know, burning, your, burning the candle at both ends, then um, you, uh, you probably need to get some help. You, I mean, not, not, not like psychological help, but you probably need to get somebody to actually help you out in um, um, completing your tasks or whatnot. So, um, yeah, that's number nine. Pretty easy, pretty self-explanatory. Um, just make time for yourself so you can stay healthy and be at uh, full strength at, uh, at any time uh, time that you wish to uh, do something great. Or just, just be at the best strength possible or the highest strength you can be at, uh, any, can, at any time. Now, I'm not saying that, like, you know, obviously there aren't times where you, have, you do have to go hard. <clears throat> but you know, even when you're going hard, you still have to make some some kind of time for yourself, or else it just it just it just stops becoming fun. So here we go. We're going for number ten. Here we go. You ready? Number ten. And here we are at the end. Number ten. Number ten. Um. <laughs> number ten has to do with um. Um, actually, I was thinking uh, when I, when I thought of number ten. Um, well, I thought of ten a long time ago, but when I heard President Trump talk about um, these uh, these sh- these shithole countries or whatnot, <laughs> I kind of thought about um, a buddy I had back in the day. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but um, he was from he was from um, Sudan. And um, he was one of those lost boys. Like I said, I don't want to go too much into it, but Sudan had these, these kids for over 20 years. I think it was like 25 years, and it was like 40,000 kids just wandering the desert from uh, Sudan to Ethiopia and back. And uh, it was because that, um, <clears throat> well, it was because their country was a shithole for the most part. <laughs> but um, it was because... Um, they didn't want to be where they were, right? People were trying to influence them. People were obviously trying to kill them, but they were trying to influence them in a way that was not conducive to um, helping them or the country grow. So uh, number 10, principle number 10, general tip number 10 is to be you. Don't let anybody else influence how you think, how you act, how you, uh, you know, what, what, what your future is going to be. Just be you. Now, the thing is that, like, um, you can also be you, and then you have, like, no friends. <laughs> because you're just, like, so out there, so unrelatable, that people are just like, uh, I can't even mess with that dude. And um, that's not where you want to be, obviously. There are some things that you kind of have to, you know, embrace in terms of societal pressures and societal uh, norms. 
But for the most part, if people are telling you, like, you know, uh, people are telling you, you just have to do this because that's the way it's always been done. Or, like, you know, if they're telling you that you should do something that is, um, that's not of you or that's not something that you feel comfortable with, then don't do it. You know, obviously there are some way, you know, the, the, you know, you, to grow, you know, the way to grow is to do something that's uncomfortable. But if it doesn't feel like it's, uh, you know, going to serve you in any um, positive way, then I would say that it's not important for you to actually do it then. You know, it's like life is too... You know, life is long, but in a way, at the same time, it's it's short, and it's so it's short enough to where that where you shouldn't be doing anything that has that really has no benefit for for you and and your future. Now, um, you know that sounds a little selfish in certain ways, but you know, to be you is in a certain way to be selfish. You have to do what makes you happy because. Um, if you're not taking time for yourself and you're in uh, like number nine and if you're caring too much what other people think, uh, like number and principle number eight, then you're never going to be um, genuine and authentic to who you are and you're never going to be able to um, get what you want from, from your life. So that pretty much sums up all the, um, all the general life tips. I really appreciate you listening. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to do that little call-in thing that they have around here. Uh, my phone number, if you want to give me a buzz, is uh, 484-231-8500. That is the business line. Uh, that is the General Fitness Company headquarters line. And I look forward to hearing from you. And if you have anything to add or subtract from my 10 general life tips, I'd love to hear it. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy day and your busy schedule to uh, listen to the General Fitness Company cast. And uh, I'll be um, hopefully talking to you soon. Uh, we have a we have a we have a cast that's um, <clears throat> we have a podcast that is scheduled for later a uh, couple day for a couple days from now. Uh, we'll see if we get it out at the end of the week. If not, you'll definitely be hearing it uh, next week. So, here you have it, 10 general life tips. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep good company.